Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fight Soccer Podcast. Happy 2024. This is our first podcast of the year. I've been busy covering some other things for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I was at Houston for the national championship and and doing some other things, but I'm now back into Atlanta United, which is going to open its training camp on Monday. Uh, Players will report for physicals on Saturday, and then I'm hoping we can go out and watch practice or at least a little bit of practice on Tuesday. In this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the comings and goings of the team, which, as I'm recording this, just finally announced the deal with center back Derek Williams, who they selected in the reentry draft. We're going to talk about the schedule, and then we're going to get into the mailbag. Y'all sent a lot of really good questions. And as always, I appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's just 99 cents. Subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's get into some of the comings and goings first, because I think that's probably what y'all want to hear. And then we'll do a quick schedule analysis. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back with the mailbag. So in so far for Atlanta United, Goalkeeper Josh Cohen, center back Stein Gregerson, or Stein, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm hoping we get to talk to him soon and we'll get to learn. We've got a bunch of homegrown uh, midfielders uh, coming in, including Aiden Torres, Nick Firmino, who's not a homegrown, but he was, <laughs> excuse me, he was with Atlanta United 2 last year, uh, Luke Brennan is going to be joining the first team on a homegrown deal. I anticipate soon that uh, Bartosz Schleich, a defensive midfielder, his signing will be complete. And then, as I said, Derek Williams, a, a depth center back piece, just came in. Going out, Miles Robinson, of course, signed as a free agent with Cincinnati. Franco Abada is on loan. Uh, in Argentina, Santiago Sosa's loan will soon be finalized to Racing Club in, in Argentina. Uh, Abara went to Rosario Central. Amar Sadich's contract was not picked up. Mateus Huzetu's contract was not picked up. So with Slice, with Gregerson, with Cohen to compete with Guzan, and it's not an assumption that Cohen is the starter yet. To me, this is a pretty choice first-team lineup for Atlanta United. The depth is a concern, and you're going to read about that if you're a subscriber. 
in Monday's paper when I have some questions for Atlanta United heading into its preseason training camp. But you look at the spine of this team, and, and that's something that needed to be rebuilt. Uh, uh, most teams, basketball, football, hockey, baseball, are only as good as up the middle. So goalkeeper, center backs, defensive midfielder, central midfielder, attacking midfielder, striker. And Atlanta United sizes up pretty well. Cohen or Guzan, you've got Abram and Gregerson. Uh, you'll have Schleis, Miyamba, Almada, and Yakamakis. That's pretty good. Um, but again, it's the depth. It's, it's, you know, there's eight homegrowns and two draft picks, I think, or six homegrowns and two draft picks backing up all those guys. So that's a little bit of a worry. But Atlanta United can still make some moves. I think the only thing they're, the only other player they're going to bring in is probably a striker, maybe a left back, and both are just going to be depth pieces. So we can look forward to that. The club has not announced its preseason schedule yet. Um, you know, they typically either go to Florida or Mexico, so I'm assuming that's what they're going to do again. Hopefully I'll get to go and provide coverage from y'all. I should be the only Atlanta media down there, I would think. Um, I've been following the team longer than any other Atlanta media. So, again, I hope you'll consider follow, following me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AGC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. So I'm going to get into some more of the personnel questions in the mailbag. So let's switch to the schedule, which came out in December. Of course, Atlanta United is going to open at Columbus, the defending MLS Cup champs, on February 24th. Interestingly, it's a 2 p.m. game. So if you see me hustling my butt through the airport on Saturday morning and hustling my butt back through the airport Saturday night, it's because it's a 2 p.m. game and I can get home again. So that'll be fun. Um that uh, first home game against New England, I think it's going to be a 70,000 configuration for the stadium. So that should be fun. New England, of course, will have a new manager and Caleb Porter. The summer is going to be really, really congested. Um, six games in May, five in June, five in July. The toughest stretch, they're going to have to go to Foxborough to face New England on July 3rd. Then they fly across the country to face Real Salt Lake on July 6th. Then they get a week off, but then they go to Montreal on July 13th. And a group of friends of mine and I are going to go to that Montreal game, I'm hoping, knock on wood. Uh, So if you see us out and about, say hello. League's Cup is going to start July 6th and end August 25th. The Copa America, which of course is going to begin at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, will begin on June 20th and end July 14th in Miami. MLS Cup, as I said, is scheduled to be December 7th. The regular season finale is going to be October 19th at Orlando, which should be pretty chewy, to use a new phrase, uh, for a finale. Because, you know, Atlanta United has not let things run to the end the past two seasons. They've kind of been locked into to their spots. Um, so we'll see what happens. And Orlando re-signed uh, Pereira, good coach, good team. Could be down for a playoff seating when we get to uh, to that match at the end of the year. All right, we're going to take a break and come back and get into the mailbag. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. I hope you can get access, or not hope, you will get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. And I need to point out that the paper is making a significant investment in its news gathering operations, hiring lots of new reporters, setting up bureaus around the state. So even if you don't live in Atlanta, you should be able to get news from your community. All you got to do is go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. All right, the mailbag number is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. I don't think we had any voicemails, but go ahead and put that in your phone. It's an easy way. You can just dial and ask questions as you're walking home or walking to the parking garage after games or walking to your car after work when you're thinking of something and you want to think of anything but work. Call and leave a voicemail. You don't even have to ask a question. You can just make a statement about Atlanta United, MLS, U.S. Men's National Soccer, European Soccer, and I will give you an uninformed opinion with all the volume I can. All right, into the mailbag. We're going with Ben first, friend of the podcast is Ben and Sherry. And I put this one first because this is going to be a question that I'm sure I'm going to get a lot, and I wanted to go ahead and address it now as best I can. Who is our number 10? In our, this is his question, so he's using our as Atlanta United. I wouldn't use our as Atlanta United. When Tiago Almada transfers out, I don't think I see that person on the current roster, but if Almada transfers, the team could still bring in one or two DPs, right? By one by buying down Saba. I think the European transfer window closes February 1st. Any insights into potential replacements? So here's the thing about Almada. So far, there are still no definitive reports of offers being made. There was one on Thursday about Atletico Madrid has Almada on a list of players they are curious about should this other player leave. But there have been no offers. So I'm not going to be surprised if by the end of the month and the transfer windows close on different dates in Europe, depending upon the league, if Almada is still with Atlanta United. Um, You know, I've done this exercise before with y'all on the podcast. When you start looking at the leagues in Europe that Almada would be successful in, I'm not sure the Premier League or Germany would be because it's a physical style of football. So that goes, you go to Spain, France, Italy, Portugal, the Netherlands. You start looking at the teams that can afford a $30 million valuation, which is what Atlanta United reportedly wants for Almada. MVP finalist last year with 11 goals and 19 assists. And that list gets considerably narrowed. Then you go to among those teams that have the $30 million, the ones that would probably spend it on Almada, and that list gets narrowed even further. 
And by that, I'm eliminating the teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, maybe Juventus, um, Holland. There's not too many teams that are going to spend $30 million on a player. So it's it's a weird situation that Almada <laughs> finds himself in. Um, Atlanta United would love for him to stay and become the face of the franchise and the face of MLS. Almada has said before he even signed with Atlanta United, he wants to go to Europe. Nobody blames him for that. Nothing like that. This is not like a Miles Robinson situation where it was clear he no longer wanted to play for Atlanta United and he wanted to go somewhere else and ended up at Cincinnati in Major League Soccer. Um, so it's just going to depend upon the offer and the valuation. Atletico Madrid's interest is dependent upon this one player being bought by Saudi Arabian club. Saudi Arabia clubs overspend on players. So then Atletico Madrid might have the extra cash that they could say $30 million. Yeah, we could spend that. Uh, we believe in, in Almada. I think he's a fantastic player. But by the way, that little exercise about which teams can afford him is it a reflection on my belief in Almada's ability. I think he's an outstanding player. Uh, but we'll just have to see. So if you didn't see this report, it's also curious. A lot of players that went to Saudi Arabia with, oh, it's a growing league. We want to hopefully grow. Now want to leave Saudi Arabia for all the reasons that everyone could have predicted. Once the, uh, the cash settles in the account and eyes start to open to realities, they don't like it there and they want to come back to Europe. Bobby Firmino, uh, Jordan Henderson, two former Liverpool players among a slew. Anyway, on to Allen. He says, you announced Williams was signed, but the club hasn't. Why the delay? Well, the club just announced it. Uh, center back depth piece uh, picked up in the reentry draft, formerly played for the Galaxy. Kind of the Alex Dijon, maybe better than the Alex Dijon, maybe Juanjo Parata type uh, player. Atlanta United might have a lot of games this year uh, with League's Cup if they can uh, get out of the group stage. And the league, so it's always good. To have that depth. Allen continues, are we done after Slice? Uh, now, as I mentioned earlier, probably just a couple of little depth pieces, if that. What other pieces would you expect the club to pursue? Striker and, and left fullback. Um, was the was Lope, Eric Lopez the buyout for this year? I thought you said it might be, but not sure if confirmed. It hasn't been confirmed yet. The team will wait until the compliance date, which is typically the day before the first game before they announce those roster decisions. Uh, if there's no other choices to be made, it will be Lopez. It was announced as a mutually agreed to terminate last year, but that just opens up a roster spot. You still have to clear the salary off the books, which involves the buyout, and it will be substantial because of the bizarre contract given to him a long time ago. On to Sheldon, uh, who says Atlanta has offloaded two of their under-22 players and Saba's contract can be bought down to TAM level. So does that mean Atlanta can still add another DP? Yeah, the team can buy down Saba Lopchenitsi's contract. This has been reported by me and, and others many, many times. I've written it many, many times. But they don't need to add a DP just yet. They need to because they're stocked. At The first team is stocked. I mean, it's set, particularly if they get sliced from Poland. So they just need to wait. It's not a bad thing to have a DP in your pocket, particularly when you have a strong starting 11. Sheldon continues, can you explain the Jamal Tiari contract 
with him being paid a reported $1 million as a backup and basically playing for basically a quarter season. Yeah, I've written about this. I've talked about this on the podcast before, Sheldon. But the salaries that came out in October from the Major League Soccer Players Association were uh, annualized salaries. So what it ended up doing is uh, taking the – got to get this right because I, I, I think about this in, sometimes in backward terms – Taking the agreed upon salary from like August until the end of the year and then multiplying that salary by those days by 365 days. So the salary that gets reported in October for the remainder of the year is much bigger than what the player is actually going to get paid for this season. So it would not be surprising to see that salary get cut by at least half uh, for this season. So, and that's true of some of the other signings, too. So that's nothing to worry about. Coffee sip. Austin says, Doug, first off, thank you for what you do for the team and the league. Your content has really grown on me over the years. Well, thanks, Austin. My question. Why does breaking news on incoming and outbound transfers come from outside sources and not from local writers such as yourself? Is it a matter of not having the connections or your only connections being the front office staff that keep this information from the media? I believe you were part of breaking the Miggy transfer news, but I don't remember any additional news since. That's a bit insulting and very inaccurate. I've broken lots of news about Atlanta United since then. Uh, This tends to be consistent around the league with other local journalists. All the news tends to be dropped by only one person on this continent, Tom Bogert. Well, so... Tom works his ass off for starters, and he's a very good journalist. And in all leagues, you see it in the NBA, you see it in the NFL. A lot of agents tend to simply go to one reporter, and it's a reporter that has cultivated a relationship with that agent. So it's not just there's no implication of this being easy for anyone uh, to drop their news. Now, the downside of this. And I've thought about this a lot because it's I hate being beat. I hate losing. I hate being beat. It frustrates me to absolutely no end. And there are times when I'm like, I don't like doing this because agents don't understand or don't see the value in local beat reporters. And the truth is, we're the ones that drive interest in the teams. It's not national media. It's local media. If newspapers that cover MLS teams decided they no longer wanted to provide content about those teams, I would predict with 99% certainty, local radio, local TV's interest would soon start to also dry up because in a lot of cases, not all the cases, we provide a lot of the talking points that they then use for their shows. And they have to fill a lot of airtime, so it's understandable. Um you know, like local TV here, there's one channel that comes out to all the training se- or most of the training sessions. They don't ever ask a question. Um, and, you know, sometimes newspapers get talking points from TV and radio. Usually it's the other way around, and that's not meant to to denigrate the work they do. They do outstanding work, too. It's just kind of how their relationship, uh, the symbiotic relationship within cities media works. So it would be great if agents were to recognize, hey, local journalist, let me uh, let me talk to him. I've tried to develop relationships with some agents. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, It's just the way it goes. But local newspapers, local bloggers are the ones that drive the interest in the teams in the community. Um, 
I've tried to think of a parallel for this in the business world. And um, I mean, the only thing, this is not a good example. If you, if you could come up with a better one, it's like, think of a national chain of restaurants or, or national chain of cars, uh, Ford or McDonald's. Are you influenced by the, the TV ads that you see or are you influenced by the flyers that show up in your mailbox or driving past the dealership and seeing a sign for whatever type of savings on this or whatever type of, of meal deal you can get? Um, I would posit that it's probably the the local, the billboards or the local signage more than the national TV ad. Um, it's the same for local news. It's the local news drives the interest. Anyway, it's an imperfect analogy, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. And again, Tom does excellent work. He's a fantastic journalist, fantastic reporter, and busts his ass. James says, assuming Slides does Slides, Slides, uh, Seals, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I'm hoping we get to meet him and, and learn how to pronounce it because I'm awful at pronunciations for starters, and I really don't like getting them wrong. Assuming he does sign with Atlanta United, how do you see his role assuming Almada stays? Is he the six, Miembo playing the six and the eight, and Almada playing the eight? No, it'll be the same as last year when it was Almada and Huzetu and Miyamba. Uh, Slice would be the defensive midfielder, Miyamba the central midfielder, Almada the attacking midfielder. Uh, that's how it would be set up. Oh, and going back, I'm sorry, Alan, I neglected, um, or I'm sorry, uh, Ben, I don't have any insight into potential replacements. I know Atlanta United is probably prepared and ready um, when or if Almada is sold. But no, the, the game is too big uh, for me to, to be able to, to guess who they might bring over. James continues with a question about how do the three midfielders get set up? Uh, it doesn't seem like Pineda would change his formation. No, I think you pretty much know what he's going to run out. It's going to be the two center backs or three center backs. Um, hopefully the team is – well, not hopefully. We'll see if the team drills that a lot this preseason. And he continues, wouldn't this be a great problem to have? It would be a great problem to have. You've also got, of course, Nick Firmino, who can play as a central midfielder or an attacking midfielder. Tyler Wolf can play as an attacking midfielder. So you've got options. Phil says, hey, Doug, first time asking a question and more recent Atlanta United fan. Now a super fan and first time season ticket holder. Well, look at you, Phil. First, I would love your opinion on Bartosz. If he would play for us, uh, or how do you see his de- defense? Um, and who do you think we could potentially potentially get to fill Tiago's inevitable departure? Again, I don't know who they would get to fill Tiago's departure. And I think Slice would be a very good player. I've watched a little bit of video on him. He seems like he's a a, a, a ball winner, uh, a little bit of a bulldog. So with him and Miyamba covering ground in the midfield, that would really give Almada a little more free reign to get forward and create opportunities. Phil continues, I'd really love your opinion on intra-Miami signings and whether you think anyone will stand a chance with them stacking their team and if you see any impropriety that the MLS needs to address with so many high-level transfers. Coffee sip. All right, I'm going to take a coffee sip. I'm going to have what is going to be an unpopular take on intra-Miami. First, no, I think all their signings are above board. They've already gotten in trouble once for breaking the rules. There's, I don't think there's any chance they're going to try to do so again. But, you know, I could be wrong. 
Secondly, I don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks. Playing in MLS is tough. Uh, you know, the quality of, of the game is getting better, but it's more to do with the heat, the humidity, the travel. Sometimes the games are on turf, which some players like. All players will say they prefer to play on grass rather than say they don't like to play on turf. Um, but it's going to be tough. They've got Champions League. They've got MLS. They've got Leagues Cup. They're going to get everybody's best shot every week. And I think it's going to take its toll. You've got age legs in Suarez. I know he played a lot of games in Brazil last year. Busquets, Alba, Messi, Gressel. Um, a lot of miles on those legs. And over a long, long season, <laughs> it's the longest season in professional sports from start to finish, it wears you down. Um Tata is obviously a fantastic coach, but I don't think it's going to be the runaway train that everyone predicts. Phil continues, I love the podcast and can't wait for each one to come out. I hope my questions were good and get on the air. Of course, your questions are great. And of course, you're going to get on the air. And thank you for taking the time, Phil. It's truly appreciated. Jason says, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now. Well, thank you, Jason. Great content. Love listening. I left the Atlanta area as 2017 started and had followed the five stripes from the start. I follow you on X. Great content all around. Keep it up. Jason, you're making me blush. I don't really have a specific question for you, but would love for you to cover other levels of soccer. After all, it's Southern Fried Soccer, not Atlanta United only, right? I travel for a living and enjoy seeing the different clubs from different leagues from different regions. I know you cover some of the twos for Atlanta, but what about Tormenta? I do remember your interview with them once. I do understand if you are limited due to your AJC affiliation, but I was just curious if you could expand your coverage. I would love for you to cover a Detroit City game. Come on up. I'll cover your seats and hotel. Sorry for no coffee sips. That's a very generous offer, Jason. And so, yeah, I mean, I'll... If y'all want me, my opinion on more things than Atlanta United, ask the questions and I will do the research and I will do my best to answer. It would probably be better if it's done as part of the preview podcast than the postgame podcast because I don't have a lot of time in the postgame podcast. But if you want to ask me questions about the USL or, or Europe or South America, I will do my best to provide credible answers. Uh, so the onus is on you. Ask the questions, and I'll do my best to answer. Sean, who I'm going to go have lunch with in just a little bit, provided I don't get blown off the sidewalk by the incoming storm. Only one 70,000-seat game all year. This doesn't feel like the team is in a good place. I think there's going to be more than one 70,000-seat game. I think the team is is figuring it out right now. Uh, the teams don't get the schedules like weeks ahead of time before they get announced. So they're working through their processes to figure out which games are going to be 70,000. They might also be trying to figure out how the season is going because there could be a game that's worth 70,000 that wasn't before. And remember, the Miami game, I think, is on a Wednesday. So I'll be stunned if Messi plays in that. So please don't be disappointed. If you're not a season ticket holder, not a frequent ticket buyer, buy a ticket and Messi doesn't come. All right, we're going to wrap this up with the questions of the week from Cole. Cole asks, 
who do you think will be the most impactful signing from this most recent window? And who does the front office think will be the most impactful? Well, we haven't got a chance to talk to him yet. Uh, I'm assuming we'll get to talk to Garth and Carlos uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. For my money, it's going to be Gregerson. Um, you know, losing Robinson to me is huge. I still think he is the best center back in Major League Soccer and probably the best in North America. Liga Mekis fans can shout at me if you want to. He wasn't at his best last year, but he was only a year removed from a torn Achilles. I think this year he's going to have a monster year, a monster year for Cincinnati. Um, so, but watching video of Gregerson, he looks good. He looks athletic. Uh, he's tall enough. He's going to win. Well, he should win. A lot of the headers uh, do a lot of set piece damage, both on offense and defense. So I'm excited to watch him play. Cole continues, I may have missed this in an article, but why is it that a few owners can sway the decision not to change the salary rules, yet it's so easy and quick for the league to decide to drop out of the Open Cup? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, it kind of does if you think about expenses. I don't know how the Board of Governors is set up in Major League Soccer, so I don't know how many votes it takes among the owners to decide, nope, we don't want to do this. Let's say it's a third, a third out of of 30. All you got to do is look at the small market teams, the teams that traditionally don't like to spend money, and you could see which teams are going to vote no to raising the the salary floor or the ceiling or adding another DP um, because it's going to put them at a a disadvantage on the playing field. It's going to dig into, if they are making a profit, dig into those profits. But, you know, you just go off the top. I can do it off the top of my head. The teams that probably aren't going to spend as much money as, as others. Vancouver, Seattle doesn't spend as much money as it used to. Portland doesn't spend as much money as it used to. San Jose doesn't spend as much money. Uh, Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, Orlando, Red Bulls. So they did spend uh, to uh, to bring in the guy from Red Bulls uh, in Europe for Salzburg. Um Montreal, and pretty soon you're past 10, and they can block any changes. Dropping out of the Open Cup is the same thing. It's not a money maker for any club, and they have to – I mean, the U.S. Soccer Federation, I believe, pays for travel for these teams, but it's just more time, more expense, uh, particularly if you have to host a home match, you got to hire security, concessions, and very few people go to these early-round games. So it would be easy to drop out of the Open Cup. Cole's third question, and it's a multi-parter. Could you answer this next question for yourself and then as the sentiment for the whole fan base? As a whole, it's been very black and white seeing people's opinions of Bocanegra and Panetta on social media. Panetta on social media. And typically things in life tend to land on a spectrum or somewhere in the middle. Thank you for saying that, Cole. It's something I advocate and people just it's social media, so it's it's a you know, it's difficult. Do you think they each have been net positive or net negative for the franchise and its goal? Feel free to use a scale of 1 to 10 to answer. Well, I'm not going to use a scale of 1 to 10, but I'll just give you my opinion. <clears throat> going with Bocanegra first. You have an MLS Cup. You have a U.S. Open Cup. You have a Campionas Cup. You are a penalty saved away from hosting the MLS Cup again in 2019, which Atlanta United would have been the favorite to win. 
You have signed players such as Miguel Almiron. You have signed Tiago Almada, Jurgis Yakamakis, Joseph Martinez, Tito Viaba. These are players signed under Bocanegra. Some of these players were signed before Tata was named coach uh, or after Tata was named coach. Sabalop Janitze, Zonda Silva. Bocanegra has not gotten everything right by any stretch, but he has also gotten a lot more right than wrong looking at the big picture. Some of the, the salaries given out, yeah, they're they're questionable, but you know, not enough credit, I think, is given sometimes for the team trying to make itself better. And sometimes that's a gamble. And gambles, you know, aren't always going to work out. You know, thinking about the Jurgen Doms and the Eric Torreses and and Eric Lopez's. Sometimes it just doesn't work. But the credit should be given for at least trying. Um, you know, some some picks, you know, uh, Luis Araujo didn't work out. And it still stuns me that it didn't. Because you'd watch him on the training pitch and he was so good. But you get into a game and it just wouldn't work. Uh, Marcelino Moreno was a good pick. And people think I don't like Moreno when he was here. And that's not true. I thought he was a good player. I think he could have been a better player. Uh, but... It is what it is. The team was trying to get into the playoffs that year when it signed Dom and it signed Moreno. And I think the fan base would be more mad had the team not signed those players. Um, and Boca Negra has shown that going from Darren Eels, who was kind of a free spender, splashy kind of uh, GM, to Garth, more reserved, more deliberate, more analytical with signings and everything else, that Bocanegra can pivot and make those type of signings with Tiari and, and Miyumba and Silva and Lopchenitze and Gregerson and Schleich. That's that's pretty good flexibility. And, and so I think he's been a net positive. Some people don't like Bocanegra for whatever reasons. Um, you know, miss, they've missed the playoff two years. That's two out of seven. That's not bad. Uh, most teams would love to make the playoff five out of seven years. They haven't won a playoff series since 2019. I get it. The other teams are trying to win too. Overall, I think a net positive. Pineda has taken the team to the playoffs in the two of the two and a half seasons he's been in charge. The year they didn't make the playoffs, I've said this many times, and y'all could, I mean, obviously we disagree. You find another manager that could have gotten that team to the playoffs with all of the injuries more than 20 injuries that took players out for multiple games. I mean, 20 instances of players missing multiple games because of injuries, and they still almost made the playoffs. It came down to the second-to-last final game. That was a fantastic job of managing. The half season he managed, they tied for most points um, in his time. And then now we'll see what happens this year. This year is a huge, huge year for Pineda. It's the last guaranteed year of his contract. But he's got a talented team. Just needs a little more depth. I'm going to be curious, and this is not a prediction, but if the team gets off to a very, very slow start, I'm curious to see what Lagerway does <laughs> because Bocanegra has two guaranteed years left on his contract, and there's no point in getting rid of a manager if – the general manager or vice president is also going to go. So it could be just Lago Way tells both, you know, let's, I'm going to start over uh, with VP first, general or, you know, GM first, manager or coach second. 
Um, I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but a hot start soothes all issues. So anyway, that is going to wrap up this first edition of the 2024 year of the Southern Fight Soccer Podcast. Please remember to tell your friends about our show. Please give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. Don't forget subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. It's 99 cents. I went and got a cup of coffee down the street the other day. It was $2.39. That's a couple of months worth of all you need to know about Atlanta United, the Falcons, the Bulldogs, the Yellow Jackets, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Hawks, the Braves, politics, of which there's a lot going on here right now, um, for 99 cents. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Thanks for listening to Southern Fight Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.